Kirsten. Hi, Kirsten. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Kirsten. Um, what's your, what was life like for you growing up? My growing up was, um, I was the first child of Salvation Army officers, so that meant we moved quite a lot, um, and that I was always, there was always never a time when I wasn't part of a faith community or sort of surrounded by people that loved Jesus, but there was also this outward focus, I guess, of our faith is um, not just about us and coming to church, but it's about how do we love and serve the poor, how do we fight for justice and those sorts of things. And just, just tell us a bit, yeah, like a bit more about the Salvation Army Church experience because people um, may not know what... Because people, some people think op shops when they think... Or they think of Red Shield appeal, yeah. you know, for the sal Salvation... What's it, what's it yeah. life like? It, it could look really strange from the outside, um, but a there's a lot of historical stuff to it. So it was born out of the Methodist Church in England in the 1860s at a time when churches didn't really care about the poor. Um, they were more focused on the, the forms of worship, I suppose, and who could who could be involved in those. So William Booth and Catherine Booth set up this movement that was about whoever, whoever, whoever can become a Christian. And we tell the good news of Jesus by first um, feeding the poor, by spending time with the homeless, by fighting against systems of slavery or um, oppression that, that are um, hurting people. So... The Salvation Army wore uniforms to identify themselves. That was pretty popular in 1860. Um, it's a bit <laughs> weird now. Um, and they chose different forms of sacraments, so they didn't do baptism, they didn't do communion. It's pretty hard to give alcohol to alcoholics when you're trying to <laughs> work, yeah. you know, for them but to... But also, to, to it wasn't a, a church life. originally, was no, it? No, it was more of a, like, a movement and, yeah. and a, a very passionate, very, this is my whole life, I'm dedicating to like God. a missionary. Yep, um, yep totally. So... Yeah. When they sent people into India, they chose like seven people and they said, you're going to die in India. You know, you're not coming back. You're going for your life. You're going to, to share the gospel with people. You'll live, you'll wear saris, you'll have bare feet, you'll eat rice and you'll tell people about Jesus. That's, people that's your job. And people were into it. It yeah. was like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, wow. So um, that would have been, I imagine, a pretty um, um, electric kind of church environment to grow up in yeah yeah it we, was. We, what like what were you you know in your teenage years what was it like for you yeah so I I think there were kind of processes of my faith and I and I don't think there was ever a time I didn't love God or, or try to follow Jesus but when I was 15 or 16 I became very very passionate about God and about um loving Jesus and about sharing him with with others and praying for, you know, people to become Christians. And so both at school and at church, um, there was some really exciting stuff happening. And I think, I think I became a little bit too passionate. Like, I think I was a bit zealous. And I think some of it wasn't based on grace. It was just more this sort of excitement of uh, me 
you know, being keen about God um, and feeling like some of that I had to do myself. But at the same time, it was a very real and very significant yeah. kind of time. Yeah. Yeah, so you were full on. Yeah, yeah. Full on, Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then, as a family, you moved to Melbourne. What, what, what was that like for you? Oh, that was hard. It was, I was moved three quarters of the way through year 11 and finished that by correspondence on my own and then started a new school, started uni high. Um, but one really cool thing happened amongst quite a few things, which was I met some Anglicans um, at uni high who were involved in the Christian group. So Kim Beals, who some of you might know, and Sally Helm, Chris Helm, Kate Helm, uh, Nozzy Kanda, who was from Zimbabwe, who was blind. And I ended up spending all my Friday lunch times at the vicarage with them, just just hanging out and praying and, and stuff. And they were very they were people of integrity and whose faith was very, very serious, but they had like this real grace uh, experience as well that meant they weren't driven and they weren't super busy and they weren't kind of feeling like they had to do all all the work to save the world. And that was a really, really helpful period of time for me. Um, there was also a time I went to a gig that Kim, I think, was playing at and I saw all these people drinking and I was like, oh. Because you've taken, had you taken yeah, I'd, vows? Yeah, I'd, I'd become a soldier. So I'd promised not to drink. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd promised kind of essentially the things I'm promising today, but there was, there were other things like not drinking and things as well. And so when I saw these Christians drinking, I was like, oh, are you really Christian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just good. It, was, it opened up my sense of, of what the broader church is and, and, and who Jesus is and what that means. And um, you, you're also a social worker. Um, tell, tell me a bit about what... So you've taken us up to sort of those, that period and you're, you're kind of developing a new sort of sense of being a Christian again. And you've become a social worker. How has that affected you? So I studied social work because um, at the time I felt like I was... that I had a sense of calling to ministry and that 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 would be a really good thing to do to prepare me since I was only 17. Um, And so I did that, but it really challenged my faith. I'd sit in these lectures or tutorials and be like, oh... you know, like I'm, I'm really not sure um, how my faith makes sense at this point. Um, this is really hard, but it was actually a really good process because it kind of broke everything apart, and I had to re put it, like it had to re come together again in a way that, for me, meant God could stand up for Himself. The Bible can stand up for Himself. It is not my job to go into the world and kind of, with the light of Jesus, and you know do stuff but it's my job to find what God's doing and to to participate with that and that was really hard it's very painful um having that kind of challenge to your faith but but it was a good process yeah so so there's a kind of a theme a bit of a shift that occurred in you over time from the teenage gung-ho sort of it's all about me just telling you about Jesus Mm. to a different kind of Kirsten who's um sort of resting in Jesus. Am I using the right? Yeah, and, and there, was, there was a really helpful thing I read sort of slightly after that time that Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote about um, to go one's way under the sign of the cross is not misery and desperation but peace and refreshment for the soul. It's the highest joy. Then we don't go under our self-made 
burdens and laws, but under the yoke of him who made us and loves us and walks under it with us. And under his yoke, we're certain of his nearness and communion. So it's not my self-made laws and burdens anymore. It's, it's the yoke of Jesus and it's, it's walking alongside him. And, mm. yeah, it was quite helpful. Just, to, just tell me who is Jesus for you? I guess um, there's, I could talk for a really long time, so I'll try to abbreviate it. Um, first of all, Jesus is God made flesh. So he's the image of God, the invisible God. Um, he shows the heart of God, the, the God's love for us, for me, for the world. Um, he's the way um, and he calls us to, to dying to an old self and, and rising again to a new self which would be more helpful if I could experience that in the times when I'm really cross with my kids or you know but it's, it's a work in progress um mm. and um he, he's he's disarmed the principalities and powers he's overcome those things through the cross and for me that's really significant Jesus Jesus is Jesus brings salvation um not just to me but mm. to to things in the world that are broken um, to the world itself and to the systems and, and, and structures that oppress people and he, he can transform those. So the individual and the system. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of your life, isn't it? That's it what totally you just told is, us, actually. the individual yeah. and the system. Yeah. Um, well, it's our birthday today. What do you have to say on, on our birthday card? <laughs> oh, well, happy birthday. And thanks for being a really great community to be part of um, and, and to to grow and and to to develop and yeah thanks kirsten let's give kirsten a big clap okay.